Welcome to another episode of Good Morning Camera. It feels like it's been a long, long time, and that's because yours truly was overseas on a creative expedition. I am back with multiple negative COVID tests. I'm feeling <laughs> great, Anthony. Uh, I wish I could say the same for you. You are, you are, again, we, you do not have COVID. You, in fact, got the second dose. Yeah. Feeling a little under the weather, but now you're good. Now you're good. It was one day. Now you're good. You're ready to roll. You're ready to rock. I took so much vitamin C the other day. I'm surprised, you know, I didn't go under just because of the amount of vitamin C. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I've I've been waiting especially for this episode because while I was taking my flight back into Toronto, like it just seems like anything and everything was being announced. I'm getting like <laughs> NDA emails. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So let's start with this. We have a lot to talk about, but we have the Panasonic BS1H that was announced yesterday literally yesterday nikon mm-hmm. released a teaser another teaser for the z9 a few days before that but first we're gonna start with a canon rf 5.2 f28 l <laughs> dual fisheye lens that's a lot okay so so this lens this lens is not one lens it's two lenses on an rf mount 5.2 millimeter super wide fisheye meant for VR capture. I want to hear what you think first, because I got some things to say. I want to hear what you think first about this thing. So for the people who want the behind the scenes kind of take on, you know, the Good Morning Camera podcast, we generally will have a like a five minute discussion about like things prior to starting the episode. Today, we got on the call. We're like, we can't talk about anything. We're hitting record. Let's just dive into it because we have some really crazy announcements to to make. And this is one that we're just like, you know what, let's just hit record because this yeah. this thing just changed all the rules in terms of what a lens can actually be if you're not looking at this thing with me you got to see it to believe it it is like a, a small pair of like very short binoculars and i uh, you know I, that's that's because we're getting a a, a, a focal length of 5.2 millimeters i think you know the widest lens that i've seen is like an eight so is it safe to say, you know, that this is the widest lens out there? I mean, technically, when you factor in the VR capture, it could be. But again, I'm sure there's special application things that are not really consumer products. But if you're talking about sort of consumer capture, mm-hmm. this is really a, a unique first in the way that it's being designed and its applicability and, you know, how many RF mount cameras are available right now. You know, I, I'm looking at this thing and, you know, there's obviously the jokes that are online, but... More interestingly, like no one else has done this. No, no other major yeah. manufacturer has even shown any remote interest in this. We've seen Ricoh uh, do really great stuff with their 360 and their cameras and Insta360 with their sort of mm-hmm. uh, unique uh, capture tools. But to specifically make a lens for VR capture, you know, things that would be made for the Oculus. That is super fascinating. What kind of, I don't want to say bothers me, is that I really feel like the announcement kind of fell flat. I would have liked to see Canon put out more media, more material (laughs) around this. Like, you know, show us a cool video that, you know, we could throw on the cardboard on or the Oculus on Mm -hmm. and we can experience what was captured on this. And then show us a video of like this, how it would be used in the real world. I don't know if I missed it. I could have find a lot of uh, digital media assets, I guess you can call the technical term, uh, from Canon regarding this. And that was a bit of a disappointment. So, you know, it, it, it brings me back to this thing where, like, 
these companies announcing things before maybe they're fully ready. I don't know. I don't know. But what I would have liked to see, I, I, I give them a, I give them a, a check mark, a gold star for, <laughs> for doing something so unique uh, and very fascinating. But I got to mm-hmm. dock a few points for not really telling the full story beyond the press release. How do you? Well, feel? I think that I think that's what's cool about this announcement. You look at this lens and you're just like, "What the heck is going on?" Like, I'm so curious as to what this is going to look like uh, and how it's going to actually uh, work. I'm so excited to see like some POV footage taken. Uh, we have these like high resolution cameras. We're getting like you know crazy resolution, 6K, 8K, that kind of thing. I want to see like this in like a chase scene where we see like john wick and like the inconveniences of like wearing a a tie while fighting his way (laughs) through (laughs) through nyc you know listen when you you have a a custom tailor-made suit it fits like a glove (laughs) and it does everything you need it to do come on now we have 180 degrees field of view in this this lens like so let me ask you let me ask you this is crazy I got some ideas, but I want to ask you first, you know, when you're looking at something like this, where do you see the applications uh, being most effective, uh, most conducive for this thing being used and part of the workflow? Yeah, so I think um, definitely like the, the the video world is going to change with something like this, which is going to be super interesting to see. I, I can't wait to see some examples of, of that. But I also think it's just going to be crazy to see some like wide angle photos of like key landmarks. You know, you just got back from a trip where you're doing all these uh, seeing all these cool locations like it would have been so cool to see some examples of like I mean the Eiffel Tower shot with this particular lens right what can you do with with something like that right but I also think one kind of place that you know is is very known for that fisheye kind of look is the sports world so I'm thinking like BMX riders skateboarders even swimmers you know it's mm-hmm. cool to be right in the middle of the action uh, and that fisheye look very popular in the sports crowd because like i said you want to be right in the middle of things like i want my photographer to almost get run over by you know somebody who who's just got the smoothest legs in the industry so so uh you know though that that's going to be cool to see some examples of you know i think that's where yeah. it's going to really make a difference yeah you know i looked at this thing and i'm like this the whole idea of stereoscopic uh 3d imagery and then of course you know virtual reality video you know, first thing I'm looking at sort of the professional applications like real estate, um, like scouting, yeah, like true. tourism, like those kinds of places, like great. Like here's a very, I, I don't want to say inexpensive, but relatively speaking, you know, when you're well under $3,000 and has an mm-hmm. RF mount and you probably have even a Canon RP that can work with this thing, you know, a great yeah. cost effective way to start to introduce this into your professional environment. Um, I think the uh, sort of, this bleeding edge of artists. I, I think of like the craze that's happening in NFTs and crypto and the art that's being made there. Well, what if they start to meld art into virtual reality experiences, right? Like what if you can mm-hmm. take your imagery that you would sell on as an NFT or your artwork or something like that and turn it into some sort of virtual reality experience with, again, a lens that's really cheap or even if you were going to rent this thing, a very cost-effective way of renting it and mounting it onto a Canon camera you might already have. Um, Listen, there's no, there's no, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm sure 
there are people in the adult industry that are excited about this. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> yeah, but that is true. There, there is there is a lot of interesting things that I think is one of those uh, situations where a company has announced a product or a tool where the, the what the full capabilities haven't been explored yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's similar yeah. to the 5D Mark IV where they gave users, Canon gave users all these video features and it wasn't until after the fact that people start to realize how powerful a digital SLR camera could be for video production and that really yeah. fundamentally changing the landscape. Is this VR lens going to change the lens landscape the way 5D Mark II did for video? I don't think so. But I just find it exciting and interesting that Canon has gone ahead and released something uh, more as a first as opposed to, you know, lagging behind and someone else doing it and doing it in a way where it will garner mass appeal. Listen, at the end of the day, when Canon does something, it has a lot more reach than some of the other brands, right? So, you know, while the announcement could have been done a little bit better, I think, I'm very yeah. interested in playing with this thing. I'm very interested in what it can do. And you know what? On that note, enough of this lens. Enough of this lens, okay? Because we got we got to move on. There's a lot more to talk about. Um, the next thing, the next thing here, I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk about this, but Nikon has gone ahead and released another teaser for the Z9. <laughs> and I think we learned almost nothing with mm. this teaser. So... Uh, Anthony, I mean, you you saw the teaser. Is there anything you mm. learned from this teaser? Has this changed how you felt about this camera? Well, one thing we now can understand is Nikon is like the black cat in the Matrix. Like it's it's coming around for the second time second time around, and it is the black cat from the Matrix, letting us know that you know something has changed. And we got to just pull that curtain back and figure it out, you know, like wow. uh, it's just we just need the camera like enough with the announcements. We got to cut them off, Gadgen. We got to we got to say, you know, two two strikes, you know, you're coming up on three, one more. And, you know, this could be a, a knockout. But uh, all these specs, you know, they're all they're all kind of the same you know i think it's kind of funny that they specifically included this time around that it uh, it will include car animal and people autofocus you know last time it was just like fantastic autofocus but they specifically uh selected those genres probably because of the canon r3 you know the car autofocus tracking in that camera was just bomb uh, and then of course got to always nip at you know sony with the animal eye tracking and such saying you know we got you, but yeah, really, this we we gotta we gotta cut them off, Gadget. No more no more announcements. We need the camera. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. You know, the last time I talked about this camera, I was excited, I was delighted, I was yeah. elated. You know, I, there's a lot of oh. words I could use, but when you go ahead and do this, this is what annoys me. And I feel like Nikon is acting like a group of millennials here. You know, these people that go online like, hey, watch out. I got something coming up real <laughs> yeah. soon. Yeah. Oh, you, you can't wait to see my next drop. I, I don't care. I really don't care. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to say out of the blue, hey, we have a big announcement. Stay tuned. The next thing yeah. should be the announcement. I don't yeah. need another pre-announcement. I don't need it. <laughs> I don't need it, Anthony. And <laughs> listen, the last time I talked about this camera, I told you how excited it was. I told you how this is going to be the true flagship for Nikon. And I was excited for them, you know, th them being back in the conversation. When you do stuff like this, it just makes me question 
how finished this product is. How good is it going to be? Is there more fluff going around than needed? Look, there's no denying that the rumored specs of this thing are formidable. You know, we're talking about, again, rumored 45 megapixel stack sensor. The ability, again, rumored to record 8K capture, internal ProRes RAW recording, built in even more uh, a better GPS into the camera. You don't need like a third party or even a first party adapter to give a, G- a GPS, improved autofocus, all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. these things have been floating around for quite a while. So with all this stuff floating around the internet, knowing that shooters mm-hmm. took this thing to Tokyo to shoot the Olympics, to go and do a pre-announcement teaser with nothing in it that doesn't confirm any of these things, I, I don't know. I really don't know. And Maybe, maybe, Anthony, there's a chance that I'm being too critical about this. But so as a I, former I, Nikon shooter <laughs> that used their equipment day in and yeah. day out, and, you know, I have a film camera with Nikon lenses that I use for, you know, high-end productions. This makes me sad. That's all I can say. It makes me I sad, can, Anthony. <laughs> I can tell you, you know, my hopes and dreams for this camera, I really hope this just solidifies the fact that mirrorless cameras are better than the traditional DSLR cameras. And what this camera needs to do is we need to convert those like old sports action or like maybe even the photojournalists um, to ditch their DSLR. No more 1DX, no more DA50. Throw those out because the Z9 is going to be so bomb that I never have to hear anybody tell me that a mirrorless camera is just not as good as a DSLR and you know, I'm not even concerned about the specs, okay? I don't care about the specs, but I want this camera to be the Olympic camera that you know everybody wants. But more importantly for me, I want this to be like the most durable mirrorless camera out there. So we never have to argue with those people who have yet to commit or even try like a mirrorless camera. And they're, they're still trying to tell me that DSLRs are better. I'm done, Gadgen. I'm done. It's a mirrorless oh. world. Yeah. We're moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, listen. Hey, if you're if you're good at something, you know, you probably shouldn't be doing it for free. But I'm gonna give some free advice right here. <laughs> camera brands. Hey, listen, listen, listen for a second. Camera brands. Mm-hmm. If you are not prepared to take my money, then don't talk about it. This is just very simple. This is just very simple <laughs> advice. Going into 2022. With all the problems in supply chains and the chip shortage and all that kind of stuff, I'm just going to say this. If you are not prepared to take my money, then stop talking. Stop. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't need no pre-teasers. I don't need no early trailers. No, no. Stop it. Stop it. Unless you're prepared to take our money. I don't want to hear about it. Enough of that. Let's talk about something that you can actually pre-order, something that you actually can put your dollars toward, and something that I'm holding right now. It is the just-announced Panasonic BS1H. Let me mm-hmm. give a quick intro before I toss it to you. A quick intro. Panasonic mm-hmm. released the S1H a couple of years ago. I was there in Los Angeles for the announcement, and it was just a remarkable camera. Like This was a camera that was approved for capture by Netflix. They did not mm-hmm. cut any corners. Super powerhouse. And since then, they've just released firmware update after firmware update to really make this a very capable filmmaking tool. And yesterday, they took pretty much all the guts 
and put it into this box, into this cube. It's about the size of a softball, if a softball was a cube and not a ball. And you have this full frame sensor. There's no display on it. There's no viewfinder on it. It is simply a box with a sensor with a very good thermals from what they're saying and all the ports you could expect from a premium video capture tool. We'll get into some of the specifics, but just off the bat, Anthony, seeing and hearing all this stuff, how are you feeling about this camera? It has got me licking my chops, man. Like I was pumped about the S1H uh, when that camera came out and I was so close to pulling the trigger and now I'm seeing this and you know, it, it just goes to show how closely uh, Panasonic pays attention to their users, right? So this is essentially the S1H, significantly smaller body, designed to be in like the studio, right? It's a full frame camera, very small package, doesn't have IBIS, uh, which was a little bit of a disappointment, but what do you expect? This thing is absolutely tiny. The real difference is like all these like pro ports. And I think the pro video shooter, uh, if you are one of those types of people, you got to take a look at this camera. Uh, we have SDI ports all over the back of the body. It does shoot ProRes RAW through the HDMI port uh, into something like a Blackmagic recorder. And that's where, you know, the, the, differ, the, the thing that separates this camera from the S1H is the fact that, you know, most pro shooters are already shooting with some sort of black magic recorder, Atomos recorder, anything like that. Um, you know, this isn't going to be a big deal and it's just going to be standard for uh, a pro shooter. And you're not sacrificing the quality. Like I said, uh, Netflix approved camera. Uh, I mean, our guy, Bo Burnham, you know, just shot that whole Netflix series on the, the Panasonic cameras. Uh, it was unbelievable. And he, and you, you see it in the background, he's using like a monitor all the time. He could have benefited for some, from somebody, uh, a camera like this. Um, and like I said, uh, yeah, this is, this is super interesting if you are, a pro shooter and like i said it it's it's really showing how much panasonic is paying attention you know unreal yeah yeah i mean the ability to record you know in a ton of formats up to 5.9k raw recording uh capabilities into an atomos or a blackmagic raw recorder um the fact that the thermals here are built in a way that you could just keep recording as much memory as you have there mm -hmm. are no less then 11 mounting points right on the camera, similar to the Komodo yeah. that I have. You have mounting points right on this thing. There are customizable buttons. On the front alone, you have four customizable buttons from what I see here. I'm going to be you know, shooting the first look for Henry's, and I plan on deep diving on this camera and see what else I could do. On the back, you know, you have SDI, timecode, genlock, HDMI, USB-C, uh, mm -hmm. mic ports, um, it's everything Ethernet, you want. Ethernet ports. And even Ethernet. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you want Ethernet to use this as a, 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 even as, you know, as a live streaming solution, yeah, you know, for a, a higher end production where you might not need a display on this thing. You just want to send the video. There is so much in this tiny little box. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. Anthony, I'm worried. You know why I'm worried? <laughs> because as you know, we have a camera for our high-end productions, right? Mm -hmm. For everything else, I'm a Fuji guy. You know, I use Fuji for video as well. Yeah. And I'm worried. I feel like if Panasonic knocked on my door and they said, hey, take, we'll take all your Fuji video stuff and we'll give you a set of these, I'm worried what my answer would be because <laughs> this thing is quite formidable. Um, I, I like I like how 
you know, they seem to be just paying attention to the market in a way that a lot of manufacturers either can't or aren't. And that is mm-hmm. to say, as Black Magic released their pocket cinema cameras and people looked at them and said, this is great, but can you make it a box? And, you yeah. know, Red Komodo doing their thing, like, that's great. Can I get something from someone else that's a little bit more affordable uh, and, you know, can do a little bit more, especially with low light? Like, this mm-hmm. thing to have dual native ISO, that sensor, that full frame sensor, that the S1H, like, I remember how remarkable that sensor was. The only thing you're losing from this and an S1H is the built-in image stabilization. And Panasonic, I think, does the best image stabilization stabilization when it comes to video, where it yeah. isn't warpy. Again, it is it is kind of crazy. I'm at a loss for words. And keep in mind, like this is because I picked this up last night and I was playing with it before our recording today. So I still yeah. need to spend more time with it. You have SD cards here. They're not using any kind of high-end, no CFast, no CF Express, Good. for better or for worse. And if you want to take advantage of all the recording formats, you got to use V90 UHS-2 cards on it, you know, plus or minus, mm-hmm. depending on how you look at it. The accessories around this, I'm, I'm waiting to see what the third-party market does to make kind of interesting accessories for this thing. But all in all, if I could just summarize it, <laughs> I'm worried, man. I'm worried. And I, and I hope... <laughs> I'm happy for the team at Panasonic. I'm genuinely happy for them. I hope this shakes up the industry in a way where, you know, people at Fujifilm, at Sony, at Canon start looking at this idea of like, wait a minute, can we find an economical way to make these box style cameras with no EVF, new viewfinder, take our sensor and put into something that was meant for filmmaking in a way that mirrorless cameras are predominantly made for photo capture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you have any questions for me? I feel, I mean, I have this thing. I don't know if you have any questions, but. I mean, I was so all over the S1H uh, when it first came out. Like, I was talking to the Panasonic rep, and I was so close to pulling the trigger uh, on that camera. It was just, you know, the fact that it was just the autofocus was just a little bit, you know, off for me. Uh, but the fact that this camera is just so small and, like, now we're talking like a much different camera than something like our uh, X-T4s, right? And for like a different use. I want to buy a camera that's going to serve a very specific purpose, right? And this is such an interesting option. And I think the price is right. You know, it's significantly less than the the original price of the S1H. They've priced this camera correctly so so tiny it's unbelievable to really like just take a look at and see and you know there's a number of these box cameras that have been released and i thought you know there was always like something a little bit off but if everything you know works similar to the s1h uh you know this is going to be perfect for the type of shooter that you know i am i am the at home very controlled studio kind of environment uh and it's just gonna like sit on a tripod or i'm gonna use it to film like some high-end b-roll kind of stuff so you you've caught my attention panasonic um you know this is this is gonna be killer I'm, i'm really excited about this one yeah, I mean, we took the Komodo uh, to Morocco when we were shooting with it. And one of the things like myself and the people we're traveling with were just kind of uh, delighted by was how small it could be, right? Where we could use <laughs> yeah. it with or without the monitor and just the outrigger handle, a couple of batteries and a nice vintage lens and shoot remarkable footage, raw recording in such a small package. Now I this, can't wait you, to see what you come up with. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so excited to see some of this footage. Like, it's going to yeah. be hype. You know, with something like this, you're not getting the, you know, 
we can argue semantics here, but not the level of raw recording you get on a red, but still a ton of dynamic range. And mm-hmm. what I'm excited to see is what creative solutions people start to build. Like imagine this box, you know, you have this box that's about the size of a softball and a tiny handle on the side, a small prime lens on the front, and even a way to maybe just get a live view to a phone, right? Something mm-hmm. like that, where you can just see what we're recording and kind of sits on top. Yeah, that's a really cool little recording solution that allows you to get and be inconspicuous. And, you know, I'll give you a specific example and maybe we'll wrap it up on this. You know, when we were in Paris, we had a couple of days in Paris on our way back. Uh, we went to the Louvre and behind the Louvre, there's this little courtyard. And we met up with a friend of ours who's a professional dancer there uh, who's mm-hmm. danced for, you know, big fashion companies. And we had the Komodo in such a small rig that we were shooting this entire routine there. And mm-hmm. like no one noticed for a good 35 minutes. And by the end of it, when we were done and maybe just getting some safety shots, security walked over. It's like, hey, hey, what are you guys doing? Yeah, you can't do that here. You got to get out of here. But because of how small and conspicuous <laughs> the solution was, like no one really cared or noticed. They could have thought we were recording on our phones for all that matter. Yeah. Those are the environments where something like this is super interesting. You know, the people that are doing things really run and gun. The people that might be in photojournalism or I guess video journalism in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really great proposition. I'm excited for them. And you know what? Like you, I'm excited to play with this thing and find out. Enough of the swooning. Enough of the free press for Panasonic. Come on now. We got <laughs> we got to talk about some stuff. And, you know, it's my favorite segment. It's always my favorite segment. Your favorite segment. It is our creator draft picks, where in this part of the show, you and I share something that we've been using for a little while mm-hmm. that's bring that's brought us value that we ourselves have procured through our own resources. None of this stuff is sent to us. None of this stuff is paid for. This is genuinely things that we love and use. And mm-hmm. this week, it's something that I got probably minutes before my, my flight out. And it is the Zoom F2 recorder, field recorder. And mm-hmm. what this is, it's made by Zoom, similar to the Zoom H6 that people are familiar with. And it has an input that you can use a lav or you can input another audio source. But what's unique about this recorder, that it records true 32-bit float wave files. And what that means, it is like raw recording for audio. Let me break this down for a second. You ever have a recording situation where you someone speaks too loud and eclipses the audio? And it gets distorted and you can't recover it or speaks too quietly. If you turn up the gain, it gets distorted. Well, this thing records in a way where you just never have that problem. You never have that problem. If it spikes, you can bring it back and pull it back down and get everything in line. And the reason I wanted this is because when we were in a place like Morocco where noise can go up and down and all this, I just didn't want to think about setting the levels every single time when we were shooting our work there, you know, when I'm going indoors to outdoors and all that kind of thing. Pick this up, use it out there, took a look at the files. This thing is remarkable, dude. This thing is remarkable. It takes two uh, AAA batteries, you toss it in there, lasts for hours and hours and hours. And I just had this on recording, capturing at all times, synced it with my video, and you get a much more robust audio file than something that's in camera or even being recorded to a Ninja Atomos. It's the Zoom F2. I got the Bluetooth model, which is a little bit more expensive, but allows you to pair to a device. This thing has blown me away. I'm surprised I'm not a lot of people are talking about this thing. But if you are someone that's recording in the field, if you are someone that can't afford to risk 
losing audio if you have those things where it's like listen i only got one chance to get this right you got to check it out it's a zoom f2 yeah i'm so glad that that was your pick because we just had a presentation with zoom uh for the internal like uh, portal at henry's and uh they were talking about this uh and then i went and did some research compared this to the wireless go uh, and that is a notorious problem with the wireless go is that you know uh, something spikes and the next thing you know your audio is getting distorted so uh fully endorse this one for sure this is a this is a killer product but mine is probably something that you know not a lot of people are going to think about uh but has made actually a huge impact uh, on my uh, just creative kind of workflow right so a while back i went to bond look uh, which is a, a glasses place in uh, the mall that you can kind of go to i got new prescription glasses and they asked me you know do you want blue blockers in your glasses and i was just like what the heck is this? Uh, uh, is it going to make a difference? Is it this like gimmicky kind of thing? Uh, and this is something that uh, is is essentially blocking the blue light coming from uh, all of your different screens, right? Uh, and what how this actually works is and why this is so beneficial is the fact that you know I used to get headaches all the time, especially uh, in the position that I am for Henry's. Like I'm on the computer eight hours a day, uh, sometimes you know longer, uh, editing stuff, sending out notes, uh, emails, and stuff. Uh, and ever since I got these blue blocker glasses zero headaches uh you know i'm still working the same amount of time uh editing just as much footage and stuff but uh yeah what a difference these have made uh and it's something that wasn't terribly expensive but you could actually get blue blocker glasses in just like normal like lenses that aren't prescription right so this is something that you know even if you don't wear prescription glasses you could actually benefit from uh throw them on while you're you're editing and you should try it out because uh i think the just standard ones that aren't prescription are not that expensive at all but uh the ones that i did pick up are from bond look they're in my own prescription uh and have worked fantastic i noticed a huge difference within like the first like uh, first like three days I was just like holy smokes like yeah amazing little product uh, something I think everybody should try out for themselves awesome great recommendation listen we're, we're getting you something to save your audio and save your eyes well uh, this is why you listen to the show and you tell your friends and your family and your loved ones about this show thank you all for listening if you haven't already please do subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast feed of choice and if you can leave us a review on itunes so more people can find the show as always my name's gadget his name's anthony and we'll see you next time take care <laughs>